Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't try distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Chapter 10. Manny. It couldn't have been much past 10 in the morning when they arrived at the City of Wheels. Topaz and Skullfucker Mike had helped him and Reggie into an open-topped red buggy they'd apparently driven out to the ambush. The old vehicle beat the hell out of walking, but it had not been built with comfort in mind. Every bump and jostle on the road sent pain shooting up from Manny's fucked knee to what felt like a small forest of tears in his shoulder muscles. Mike, the driver, kept the vehicle at a conspicuously slow pace, but he hurt all the same. The ten-minute drive was agony. But then Rolling Fuck came into view, and all thought of pain faded from Manny's mind. The main structure of the city had once been a colossal Bagger 288 strip mining machine. It looked like a sideways, skyscraper-sized spider made of scaffolding and cranes. At the center of the vehicle was a four-story building on a massive set of treads. Four spindly towers rose up out of that main structure and in a giant half-circle in the air around it. A gantryway the length of a football field connected the spindles to a mighty steel arm at the end of the structure. It had once housed an enormous wheel-bucket mining apparatus, but that had been replaced by a queer cube structure. It sat high in the air and gleamed in a shade of black that made Manny's stomach hurt. The overwhelming motif of rolling fuck was aftermarket. 
The spindle towers had originally looked like scaffolding and mainly existed to offset the weight of that titanic arm, but they'd been built on and added to with a series of treehouse-looking contraptions. He saw people, hundreds of them, climbing from door to door via a series of ladders, ropes, and what looked like vines. Below the main body of the city, a series of vehicles surrounded the vast, rolling building that made up the city's foundation. Manny saw long-haul trucks, deuce-and-a-half army transports, and at least one old Abrams tank. Hundreds of sets of solar panels glistened under the Texas sun. Good God, Reggie whispered, awe temporarily overwhelming his pain. I didn't realize any of the road tribes were this large. There were easily two or three thousand people visible in the sprawling camp. Mike glanced back at Reggie, a somewhat stern look on his face. This is not a tribe. It's a city. Oh, said Reggie. That's just how a lot of people back home refer to. I get it, Mike interrupted. But there are actual indigenous tribes out on these roads. Comanche bands and the Panhandle roving up from New Mexico to Colorado. We've got defensive and trade agreements with a few different groups of Apache out west. The Navajo have the only stable territory south of Mormon land and north of Albuquerque. Mike glanced back at the road long enough to steer around a pothole and turn them in the direction of what looked to be a greeter station. Then he continued, Anyway, there are tribes out west, but we're a city. The fact that we don't hold any land or control any territory is important to most of the folks here. Think of it as a kind of rebellion from people born to a settler culture. Ah, Reggie nodded. That's absolutely fascinating. I have so much I want to ask. In good time, buddy, Mike said. Let's get y'all settled in first. Manny knew that every foreign correspondent he'd ever met would kill to have the opportunity Reggie had just lucked into. The road people were a popular topic in world media. He supposed that wasn't surprising. They all led visually spectacular lives. Rolling fuck was just the grandest variation on a theme. It was famous across the West for having the highest proportion of post-human citizens. Something like a third of them were chromed enough to no longer fit into the Homo sapiens category. Manny had never heard of them traveling this close to Dallas before. They were banned in all of the Republic cities. People with military-grade mods were uncontrollable. That, and cultural PTSD from the war, made them pariahs pretty much everywhere. The main structure of the city was encircled by a ring of 30-ish large and heavily customed RVs. A few dozen smaller vehicles, many of them bearing sundry armaments, were scattered throughout the campground. The only thing that resembled a checkpoint was a tidy little one-room trailer with a bright welcome sign above it. Mike steered them in to park in front of it. The guard who approached them was a shirtless, dreadlocked person with dusky brown skin and an automatic shotgun. Topaz kissed them, then the guard greeted Manny and Reggie. Welcome to Rolling Fuck. Rules are, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. Cool? Manny nodded. So did the Brit. All right, they said. Enjoy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Manny was a little shocked by how loud it was. Several of the camps appeared to have been built mainly out of speakers. There were a handful of open-air bars outside the main structure of the city, heterogeneous mixes of tiki torches, brightly colored silk shade structures, and scrap metal bar tables. Despite the early hour, quite a few people were drinking and dancing. Manny noted more people were doing the former than the latter. Most people were either naked or wearing a few pieces of light, ornamental clothing. Nearly everyone carried a firearm. He looked over to the journalist and noticed that Reggie was blinking rapidly and working his jaw. His arm was still dislocated, and it seemed to pain him as much as Manny was pained by his leg. Manny's sense of professional pride lit up again, and he leaned forward to speak to their hosts. I I don't mean to seem ungrateful, he said, but is there some way we could uh, see a medic? We're pretty shredded back here. Yeah, yeah, Skullfucker Mike grunted. 
Topes and I got some meta shit in our trailer. We'll get you. Just suck it up a bit longer and... Oh! He popped open the glove compartment. Inside it, Manny could see a handgun, a battered can of Miller High Life, and a large bottle of pills. Skullfucker Mike passed the bottle back. Oxy. Printed them out myself, like, two weeks back. Probably shouldn't take more than two or three unless you've got a robust fucking narco suite in your brain meat. Manny took two. Reggie took four. Mike guided the little buggy through the organized chaos of the encampment and towards a large silver airstream parked about a dozen feet away from what Manny guessed was the backside of rolling fuck. He guessed that because someone had bolted a 20-foot-tall license plate to that end of the city. It said, Honk, please, in glowing white letters. The bucky slowed to a stop, and Skullfucker Mike hopped out. He put out a hand as Manny and Reggie started to stand. Hold up, guys. Y'all are just covered in pieces of dead people. He went up to the airstream and came out moments later, with one arm full of towels and a large jug of hot, soapy water. Manny and Reggie washed their hands and faces, pulled off their shirts, and scrubbed the blood from their chests. The Brit looked over at Topaz when it came time to take off his pants. Erm, he said, when she made no motion to hide her face. Hmm? she asked. Would you mind turning around? Oh, she seemed surprised. Her face went a bit red, but not with embarrassment at their impending nudity. I didn't even think about it. You people come from the world. She turned. Reggie and Manny scrubbed most of the blood off their aching, wounded bodies. Skullfucker Mike brought them a pair of fluffy white robes, bundled them up, and ushered them inside the airstream. It was tame by comparison to the grand, weird, wheeled city above them, the gleaming silver vehicle had been modified with a rooftop greenhouse that was filled with pot plants and some squat bush with red berries Manny had never seen before. The back had been extended and the stainless steel replaced by an enormous bay window. As he entered, Manny was hit by a wave of cold air and the strong smell of marijuana. Roughly half the trailer's interior was taken up by a huge papasan bed covered in velvet blankets and dozens of furs. A circular table started right where the bed ended, and the rest of the trailer was a large, glass-walled combination bathroom bar. There did not appear to be a kitchen. Manny's leg had started throbbing as soon as he stood up to exit the buggy, so he dropped into the first seat he could find, a little padded bench by the table opposite the bed. Reggie sat down on the other side of the table. Manny noticed that he looked nervous, sweaty. The journalist's hand shook just a little. His skin seemed pale. Topaz came in after them, followed by Skullfucker Mike. She hopped over the table with the grace of a deer jumping a fence and, in one smooth motion, spun round and settled into a cross-legged sit on the plush mattress. Skullfucker Mike walked up to the bar and pulled down a large white bottle with the words Roofies written across it in black marker. He took two pint glasses, filled them three-quarters up with the white liquid, and then added a splash of cranberry juice to each glass. Scully? Topaz sounded reproachful. Mike stiffened, then dropped his shoulders in contrition. He turned towards them. Sorry, guys, my manners are burnt out. Would either of you like a G-teeny? Neither of them answered for a long second. It was Reggie who finally responded. G-teeny? Mike laughed. Yeah, that's what Topes and I call GHB and cranberry juice. Really hits the spot after shooting something. I can make you guys some, uh, human-sized portions. No thanks, Manny and Reggie said at the exact same time. The big man handed one glass to Topaz and belted down the other himself. The woman took two gulps to finish hers. She handed her cup to Mike, and he walked back to the bar to fill both glasses again. Reggie looked shocked. I'm fairly certain you just ingested enough GHB to kill two normal humans. Eh, Topaz shrugged. I'd say what we've had so far is only 70% or so of a fatal dose for someone your size and metabolism and mods. 
Scully's better at drugging people, though. Skullfucker Mike finished pouring two more G-teenies and nodded. She's about right. The Brit drinks more, though. I'd say he could take a heavier dose than, uh, what, what was your name again? Manny, Manny gasped out. And, uh, would it be too much to ask for, like, some medical care? We are both in tremendous pain. Topaz and Skullfucker Mike looked ashamed. Ah, jeez, Topaz sighed. Fucking hell, guys, we're so sorry, added Mike. Then he grabbed a long knife from his belt and gouged it deep into his wrist. Reggie damn near jumped out of his chair. Manny kept still. The pills had started to help, but he was in too much pain to react to anything with gusto. It's all right, Topaz assured them, in the kind of voice Manny remembered his mom using on their cat when it was sick. I know it looks weird, but he's helping. Helping? Reggie gasped as Skullfucker Mike positioned his open wound over a shot glass, jammed the knife in slightly to the left, and let a thick strand of his syrupy red blood fill the glass. He filled a second one in the same manner. Then he pulled the knife free, set it on the bar counter, and handed the shots to Manny and Reggie. By the time he reached them, Manny noticed that the big man's wounded arm had already scabbed over. Don't worry, Skullfucker Mike smiled. My blood's pretty sterile, and it's full of good robots. They'll take care of you. Manny took the shot right away. He knew it was working when he felt pain from the wounds in his back again. That meant Mike's blood had fixed whatever god-awful thing had happened to his knee well enough that it barely throbbed. Mierda Santa, the curse slipped out. Manny felt better. Great, in fact, but kinda queasy at the same time. He felt somehow in motion, almost as if his whole body were shifting and burbling like the contents of his gut. The fixer glanced at his journalist and nodded to the empty shot. It's, uh, it's good. Reggie looked terrified. His knuckles were white. The journalist gripped the edges of the table like he was holding on for dear life. I am fine, he gritted out. Ah, damn it, Scully, Topaz said. You've scared the poor kid with your damned wizard blood. Shit, said Skullfucker Mike. Sorry, we were trying real hard not to trip your head. Topaz nodded. The gesture looked a little telegraphed, as if she were out of practice with making it. Stock sapiens, like yourself, don't always do well around folks like me and Mike. We move too fast, or we've got too many weird extra parts, I don't know. It's probably different for every one of us. But your brains definitely read monster when you see us. Oh, Reggie croaked, you're not monsters. You've both been very <clears throat> polite, perfect hosts. Ah, said Mike, it's got nothing to do with how nice we are or aren't. It's how your brain reacts to the way we look and move. It's because we're fucking monsters, Scully. She fixed her eyes on the journalist. I don't mean that in a bad sense, but like, we've taken a big damn step out of anything near to nature. Nothing is supposed to be the way we are. It's normal for humans to feel weird when they're around us for the first time. Oh, well, said Reggie. Maybe don't slice your wrists open in front of company in the future? Or at least do it behind a screen? Mike nodded as if that had been a profound suggestion. Then he handed Topaz her second G-teeny and belted down his own. They were both visibly intoxicated now. Topaz's eyes looked unfocused, and she sprawled out backwards on the bed and cuddled absent-mindedly with one of the fur blankets on her bed. Mike drifted off too, tapping his foot to a beat Manny couldn't hear and drumming his fingers on the bar top to what looked like a completely different beat. The journalist stared at his bloodshot. It looked like it had begun to clot. A thin rind had formed across the top. Reggie was in obvious pain, but he was just as obviously too squeamish to drink a stranger's blood. Manny felt a lot better, though. It was weird how fast Mike's blood had worked. He found himself worrying at the scab for a gash he'd received on his forearm, only for the scab to fall away and reveal clean new skin underneath. An hour ago, it had been a bleeding wound. It really works, man, he told Reggie. Just trust me. Choke it down. Reggie didn't look convinced. 
Think about what a story this will make for everyone back home, Manny said. You escaped to kill your drone and drink the blood of an immortal. You'll dine out on that for years. Reggie still looked pale and rather disgusted, but he put his fingers around the shot, closed his eyes, and then gulped it down. Manny heard him retch once and then twice. Tears beaded at the corners of the journalist's eyes. But then he swallowed and slumped back in his chair. Skullfucker Mike was hard at work mixing up another batch of cocktails. These ones seemed to just be normal gin and tonics. Four of them. There's not anything fucking crazy about those drinks, is there? Manny asked. Mike shrugged. Two shots of gin, splash of tonic, nothing you normies can't handle. Neither of us asked for a drink, Manny said. Yeah, Topaz yawned from her place stretched out on the bed. But you almost died today. You should always have a drink after almost dying. Listen to Topaz, said Mike as he passed out the drinks. She's almost died more than almost anyone I know. Reggie came alive as his hands touched the drink. He gulped it down faster than either of the post-humans. Manny took a couple slight sips of his own. It was heinously strong, before he sat the glass down and asked, polite as he could manage, So, uh, wh why are we here, and why were you there? That kind of luck doesn't just happen, and now we're just all gonna what, hang out in your trailer, getting lit? Would that really be so bad? asked Mike. Scully, Topaz said in a warning tone. He's right, and it'd be rude of us to pretend we've got altruistic motives here. She looked Manny in his eyes. It was a little unnerving, because her left eye was a notably different shade of brown than her right one. And then there were her metal fangs. Look, kid, she said, we got a duty to help strangers in immediate need. It's rule number one for all the monsters here. But we were out there because we were looking for someone like you. A fixer? He felt dumb as soon as he asked. To her credit, Topaz just smiled. A citizen of the Republic of Texas. One who's not afraid of dangerous work, Mike added. And judging by the day you've had, I'm a guess you've a certain familiarity with danger. What about me? Reggie asked. Mike put a hand on the journalist's shoulder. Manny guessed it was meant as a calming gesture, but the Brit still flinched at the contact. Don't worry, guy, said Mike. We'll get you back to Austin, or wherever's got an airport that'll fly you home. Your friend's the only one whose help we need. What help do you need? Manny asked. The best person to take that question is up in the city, Topaz said. You guys up for a bit of a trek? Manny stood halfway to test the strength of his knee. It felt good, as good as new, in fact. His back and shoulders, which had been peppered with shrapnel, just itched now. He didn't even feel particularly tired. On the other side of the table, Reggie looked to be doing well, too. He worked his formerly dislocated shoulder in its socket and gave Manny the thumbs up. Apparently so, he said. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Rolling Fuck had not been built by the minds, or for the comfort, of mortal men. That much was obvious the second the elevator doors closed. The narrow metal box launched up with the force of a rocket. It climbed six stories in the space of about a second. By the time it stopped and the doors slid open with a pleasant ding, Manny and Reggie were both on the edge of vomiting. Ah, shit, Topes, Mike said. You forgot to drop the speed back down to normal. Topaz looked genuinely distraught. Fuck me with a splintery dick, she cursed. I'm sorry, guys, this is the nearest elevator to our trailer. It doesn't normally take humans. The city's got an elevator under each spindle, Mike explained. There's also a big lift under the main roller. That's what we call the big building on treads in the middle, and another behind the rear roller. Humans tend to stick to the rollers. It gets weird up in the spindles. Weird? Reggie asked. Weird, Skullfucker Mike leaned down and hissed the word into the journalist's ear. He winked at the Brit in a way that somehow suggested both coitus and violence. Topaz punched Mike's shoulder in annoyance. She gestured for Manny and Reggie to follow her down the narrow metal hallway. We live life on a different scale than the rest of you, she said. We see more colors, hear more sounds. Most of us have at least a thousand times as many nerve endings and no fear of mortality to draw the line between pleasure and pain. The kind of environments we enjoy can be intense to unmodified humans. 
Right as she said humans, the group emerged from the hallway into a wide open gantryway. There, were no, there was no ceiling above them now, and a huge rectangular metal frame loomed over them, connected to the other spindles of the vehicle city via thick metal tension wire. The surface of the spindles had been covered in colorful bits of metal and wood, welded and nailed into dozens of crude structures that stippled up the iron frames like technicolor mushrooms. Everything was covered in lights and screens and buzzed with the hum of a thousand speakers. Reggie's pace slowed. The journalist's jaw was slack. He mouthed what must have been a curse, and then asked their guides, "'Is it okay if I record?' Skullfucker Mike grinned and clapped him on the shoulder. "'Of course it's okay. If you ask nice, I might even let you film me in one of the fondle boats.' "'What the hell is a?' Reggie started to ask. But then the first fondle boat came into view. At least, Manny assumed that's what it was. A very large lifeboat hung off the gantry, as if it was the deck of a cruise ship. The interior of the boat was all soft cushions, pillows, blankets, and about two dozen writhing naked people. Some of them were surely having sex, but it was hard to tell exactly what was going on. Manny saw several tails curled around limbs or jerking spasmodically in the air. His eyes were drawn to one mechanical limb that looked like a large metal chicken's foot. He watched it kick, repeatedly, into the chest of a young woman. She cried with joy at every impact. The whole mass of coiled post-humanity gleamed wet in the morning light, coated with a mixture of blood and what looked like motor oil. Christ, Reggie whispered. Manny was at a loss for words. He felt a bit nauseous. He'd never considered himself a prude, but something about what was going on in the fondle boat just seemed wrong. In the physics sense, not the moral sense. Probably best not to watch, said Topaz. It can make humans sick. Er, yeah, Reggie coughed. Is that a common sight? Mike shrugged. It's not uncommon. We try to keep stuff like that on the outside spindles, away from the rollers, as a courtesy. They walked on, past the boat, and through another covered section of the gantryway, surrounded by a half-dozen little buildings that looked like shops. Manny saw fruits and vegetables hanging in one, an assortment of labeled decks and other electronic goo-gahs on tables in another. It had the look of a Middle Eastern bazaar, but with no shopkeepers present. "'Y'all want food?' Topaz stopped and gestured at the shop filled with produce. Manny held up his left hand, which had his cash chip and planted in it. I've got Republic of Texas currency and some Californian crypto if you guys take either. Mike and Topaz both laughed, and then Mike grabbed an apple and tossed it Manny's way. Manny caught the fruit, although it was a near thing. We don't use money, not within the city, Skullfucker Mike explained. We do sell a lot of what we grow for foreign monies, but that's mostly used to book bands or buy stuff we can't make. Nothing costs anything here. Not to us, and not to our guests. Y'all are guests, Topaz clarified. Manny hadn't really had time to think about his stomach in the hour since their explosion-y wake-up call. They'd been on the run and in danger the whole time. But now that he had a moment to think, he felt a mild, gnawing sensation in his gut. The journalist must have been in the same way, because he immediately set to piling fruit, bags of nuts, and a paper sack of vat-grown jerky into his arms. Manny went for a bag of shelled pistachios himself, and the two munched as Skullfucker Mike and Topaz led them across the spindle's gantry and down towards the main roller. The main roller had once held the control center and engine room for the gargantuan strip mining vehicle. In its conversion to rolling fuck, two new levels, built from a half-dozen sorely abused Airstream trailers, had been added to the top. Four of the spindles met on the roller's roof, which also hosted a lively café. There were around a dozen patrons drinking at the circular center bar, and perhaps a dozen lounging on cushions around low-slung Moroccan-style tables. Most of the customers looked human to Manny's eye. They wore an assortment of colorful, loose-fitting garments, sarongs, long skirts, and keffias. 
Most of it looked handmade, although Manny was hardly an expert on such things. As they walked past the bar, Mike scooped up four pint glasses of dark brown lager. He kept them in one hand as he opened a metal hatch on the rooftop. Manny could see a ladder that led down into semi-darkness. Mike nodded towards the ladder. Down you go. Beer at the bottom. Manny and Reggie descended into a luxurious conference room. It was candlelit, dim enough to seem intimate, but bright enough for human navigation. A single redwood table dominated the space. It was 12 feet in diameter and low to the ground, like all the tables he'd seen in the cafe. Cushions and other colorful, lumpy, soft things surrounded it. One man and one woman were already seated, cross-legged around the table. Manny was shocked to see they were both quite old. The man was heavyset, with a lot of curly black hair piled atop his head and around his craggy, lined face. Startlingly bright blue eyes stood out over the flickering candlelight. He wore an old-fashioned suit with a necktie and everything. It was the kind of suit a banker might have worn fifty years ago, if the old movies Manny'd watched were close to accurate. He looked to be in his sixties, while the woman next to him seemed considerably older. Her face was so lined, and her skin so thin, she almost looked fake, like some kind of animatronic creation. No one looked that old anymore. The Austin Autonomous region wasn't wealthy, but basic juven treatments were cheap and heavily subsidized. Even the poor could afford to combat the worst side effects of aging. Things were different in the Republic of Texas proper, but none of the poor there lived long enough to look like this woman. She wore high-waisted purple yoga pants and a very tight t-shirt with a faded print of a five-fingered Bart Simpson flipping the bird. Her hair was completely white and bound behind her in a tight ponytail. She smiled at Manny when he looked at her. The old woman's teeth were as white as her hair. "'Hello there, young men,' she said in a voice that evoked the platonic ideal of a grandma. "'Hello, Topaz. Mike?' "'Skullfucker Mike, ma'am,' Skullfucker Mike corrected her as he came down the ladder. He handed Manny and Topaz each a beer and then found a cushion large and plush enough for his bulk and dropped down. Manny took his cue and found a seat. Reggie grabbed the cushion next to him. Topaz leaned against the back wall but stood as she introduced them. "'This is Manny Sanchez. He's a fixer from the Austin region. And this is Reggie Sullivan. He works for the BBC. Manny, Reggie, this is Nana Yazi. She's our eldest. And the less old fart is Donnie Ferris.' He's a guest, and a Brit, too. Wait, THE Donald Ferris? Reggie asked. The guy who made... Visions of blood? Yes, said the old man. Did you actually watch it, or have you just seen a handful of ten-second clips in your media feed over the years? Both, actually, Reggie replied. Mm, Donald grunted. Many had heard of Visions of Blood back in school. It was a documentary, released a year before the Second American Civil War caught fire. It followed two Navajo Special Forces veterans as they organized a massive direct action campaign that started in Santa Fe but spread throughout the Southwest. His textbook had called it one of the major seeds of the old U.S.'s collapse. Reggie was clearly starstruck by Donald. Manny was more curious about the old woman. No matter where he turned his head, he couldn't quite seem to escape her eyes. She had this strange way of staring at him without really staring. It made Manny feel somehow naked and vaguely comforted all at the same time. Nana meant grandma, which made sense, but he wasn't sure what the rest of her title meant exactly. "'Are you in charge, then?' he asked her. In response, everyone but Reggie chuckled. "'No one is in charge here,' said Nana Yazi. "'That will become increasingly clear the longer you stay. I'm the eldest, which means exactly what it sounds like. I'm old as dirt, and I'm older than any of the other dirt around here, too.' She eyed Donald Ferris and continued. When I give advice or have an opinion, some people listen. This is not a state, and I am not a head of state, but sometimes I play one for the folks outside. 
foreign policy, diplomatic relations, that sort of thing, mainly because no one else can be arsed. By the way, she added, welcome to the city of wheels, or, she frowned a little, rolling fuck. I argued rather strenuously against that name, but I was outvoted. I like the name, said Skullfucker Mike. It's fun. Cities shouldn't take themselves too seriously. That's when the problems start. So why are we here? Manny asked. I mean, I'm grateful and all. We're grateful, he nodded to Reggie. But I know y'all aren't just being nice. Mike said you had dangerous work. Skullfucker Mike, Skullfucker Mike insisted again. Nanny Yazi ignored him and replied to Manny. We do have a job for you, Miho. You are not required to take it, though. If you say no, we'll still return you and your journalist friend to Austin. And if you do help us, you'll be compensated. So what is it you need? The old woman snapped her fingers. A projection screen hummed to life on the wall of the room that faced Manny and Reggie. It displayed three faces, two women and one man. They all looked young, although that meant very little. One woman was white and kept her hair in a bright purple mohawk. The other was as bald as Skullfucker Mike, with round cheeks, green, scowling eyes, and skin a little darker than Manny's. The young man was very pale. He appeared to be of Chinese descent, and his exposed skin was covered in scarified symbols from a language Manny didn't recognize. From left to right, Marigold Fulton, Thule Black Elk, and Rick Hartford. They're all citizens, and they act as our negotiators when the city is in the southwest. Two days ago, they arrived in Plano to negotiate a trade deal with the Republic of Texas. We have quite a lot of processed coffee, and we were hoping to trade it for... She trailed off a bit, and her cheeks reddened. Manny thought she looked embarrassed. For snacks. Snacks? Reggie asked. Yes, she nodded. The Frito-Lay Corporation is, or at least was, still headquartered in Plano. The junk food they produce is harder to find out west. We mostly wanted Cheetos, Topaz licked her lips. For whatever reason, the imitations we print out here just don't cut it. We barter everywhere we go, Nanayazi continued. And since post-humans aren't welcome in most populated areas, our negotiators are all pretty close to baseline. They traveled unarmed into Plano. The city fell six hours after they arrived. Reggie grunted. Two days ago, people were telling me the kingdom was on its last legs. Yes, Nanayazi said. It would appear they are not quite the paper tiger everyone expected. We're still scrambling for good data, but it's safe to say they've pilfered the majority of the Republic's heavy equipment and converted as much as half their standing army. At the same time Plano fell, dozens of Christian militias across Texas launched fresh offensives. Galveston is still holding, but that could change at any moment. Houston blew their levees and flooded half the city in order to save the other half, but that also means the kingdom can move on to Austin without worrying about their flank. They've pushed the SDF entirely out of Ciudad de Muerta, so there's nothing left between them and your home. Donald Ferris spoke up, grave and gravelly. We know that the offensive started with dozens of autonomous car bombings at checkpoints and fortifications. We don't know how they managed it. What's important now, Nanayazi continued, is that three of our people have been captured. Manny fought down a spike of anger. With all due respect, Nana, he said in a deliberately neutral tone, they just conquered the city I was born in. I've probably lost a dozen friends in these god-fascists are only, what, two hours away from Austin? Ninety minutes, Donald said. They seem to be holding position now, digesting their meal, but they'll be on the march soon. I expect the vaunted Austin defense forces will be able to hold them off for, oh, a good four or five days, maybe a week. Unless, he glanced over to Nana Yazi. She nodded in agreement. Unless, asked Manny. Unless, Nana agreed. Unless our militia comes to their aid. 
We're not in the habit of fighting other people's battles, but we're also not in the habit of letting regressives win. I asked for a vote once we learned our people had been captured. Our fighters, most of them, agreed to stop the Heavenly Kingdom's advance and give your people time to coordinate a proper defense. But there's a catch. Ah, Manny was starting to get it. If you step in, they'll kill your people. Naniyazi nodded. Yes, and none of our fighters are willing to risk that. Well, I'm not sure what you want from me, Manny said. I'm a talker, not a fighter. A talker is exactly what we need, Emmanuel, Naniyazi assured him. Manny winced in irritation at the use of his full name. Manny, he insisted, in the same tone Skullfucker Mike had used a little earlier. As you say, Mio. What kind of talking do you want me to do, he asked. I'm sure you've all got better negotiators than me. Perhaps, but you've got something none of our people possess. You're a citizen of the Republic, and the Heavenly Kingdom has just issued a general amnesty for all citizens willing to repent and declare allegiance. You know how the people in this region talk. You won't arouse suspicion if you enter. So you want me to find your people, and then what? Break them out? I can barely shoot straight. I don't think I'm the man to execute a prison break. They've got plenty of fighters, son, Donald Ferris growled. But if Topaz and Skullfucker Mike haven't keyed you in on this, the chrome aren't exactly good at blending. He's right, Nana smiled sadly. We'll pair you with someone who can do the violence, but we'll need you to get them close enough to find our people and effect an escape. You'll need to help our person maintain their cover. Manny felt a powerful anger boil up inside his belly. So basically, you and your militia are holding my homeland hostage, and if I don't risk my culo to save your negotiators, Austin dies? Miho, it's nothing as sinister as that. Our people want to fight, but... But, Donald picked up, we're all family here, and family comes before corrupt, fractious foreign militias and equally corrupt, fractious foreign cities. All told, I'd say it's a good deal for you. What was your plan before this meeting? Naniyazi asked. Manny opened his mouth to respond, but realized he didn't have a clear answer. He hadn't exactly had much time to puzzle that out, and any time he'd tried, he thought about Oscar, his missing stringer, and that made him want to panic. He's dead, or worse, and there's nothing you can do about it. What you can do is buy a fucking plane ticket and beg the Germans to take you in as a refugee. That seemed like a good plan, or at least the best of a bunch of shitty options, but a scornful voice rose up from the dark recesses of his semi-withered conscience. What about his wife? Are you just going to leave her broken widowed? You have to at least give her something. I'm flying to Germany, he said. Or maybe France, wherever I can get the cheapest ticket, either in Austin or El Paso. How much money do you have saved up, son? Donald Ferris asked. They won't issue a long-term visa unless you've got at least sixty grand, Californian. Manny had a little more than half that. Less once he paid off Oscar's wife. Widow. Fuck, man, you sent him out there. The uncertainty and despair must have been obvious on his face. Both Donald Ferris and Nana Yazi gave him the sort of looks normally reserved for wounded kittens. "'I may be able to help,' the old Brit said. "'I do have some connections in Germany, people who might sponsor your visa, if you help.'" The thought of a visa, the mental image of seeing one stamped in his otherwise worthless passport, was intoxicating. Manny'd never traveled outside of Texas, but he had kept at all times an active passport. It had been the physical anchor for his wildest dreams." And now Donald Ferris was telling him he could make something as magical as a visa real. Manny almost swooned. Do I have to decide now? he asked, careful to keep his tone as calm as he could manage. Of course not, Naniyazi said. That would be terribly unfair. You should get some sleep and then a proper breakfast. There's certainly enough time for that, and you look exhausted. He was. 
Now that the excitement of the morning had faded, he felt gripped by a bone-deep weariness that was not at all helped by the dim lighting and comfortable cushions around him. Reggie should have been even more tired, but with the jet lag, but the journalist looked alert, jittery, despite the bags under his eyes. If it's possible, Reggie said, and you have one, I, I could really use a high-speed data connection. My deck's been spotty since the shooting started. I've got a lot to upload to the company's servers, and I should probably check in with my editors, let them know I'm not dead, etc., etc. That won't be a problem, she stood, and her knees popped audibly with the movement. Oof, she grunted, and then continued. Topaz and Mike, <clears throat> skullfucker Mike, will show you to a nice, relatively soundproof room. They'll help you get onto our data tower, too, Reggie. Thank you. She looked at Manny again, and fixed him with her sad grandmother's smile. We'll give you as much time to decide as we can. We expect the kingdom to hold for a few days. But we didn't expect them to launch an attack like this. So take that with a grain of salt. I'm Texan, Nana, Manny said. I take everything with salt. Hey everybody, Robert Evans here. I hope you just enjoyed the chapter you listened to. I hope you enjoy the chapters to come. If you would like to read the text version of this book, uh, either on the web or on your e-reader as an EPUB, you can find those on the website atrbook.com. Uh, so again, the free, ad-free EPUB and the text of every chapter will be on atrbook.com. Thanks! Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.